We're back. I'm Karen Murray sitting in this morning for the ailing Jim Chapman. And as always on Wednesdays at 11 o'clock, it is time for Left, Right and Center with Schlemmer and Metz. Welcome, guys. Hi. Good morning, Karen. Surprised to be back together in the yeah. studio <laughs> so soon, but it's, uh, it's very nice to have you here. And I thought today what we would talk about, in light of what's been happening uh, in the radio industry just lately, I, I think um, you probably heard that last week this radio station and our sister station, BX93, were sold to the large chain telemedia. And yesterday it was announced that uh, our competitors in the market, the Blackburn Group, are selling two of the radio stations in London. And uh, we don't know who yet they're going to be sold to, but presumably a large, a large chain. So I thought we'd talk a little bit about how... Um, how this relates in a larger uh, in a larger way. This is a trend that's happening, certainly not just in radio, not just in media, but but all over the place. And to kick things off this morning, uh, I thought we would get um, CJBK's program director Rick Walters to join in the discussion and uh, give us his expert opinion on this. Hi, Rick. <laughs> expert opinion. <laughs> <laughs> you know everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, the two gentlemen will have to agree. With that the word merge is going to be the buzzword that's going to take us into the millennium. There's no doubt about that. I mean, sure. we learned today that churches are, are, are now going to be doing this type of thing, mm -hmm. uh, downsizing and all that kind of stuff. When we first heard of the purchase, I mean, this is good news all around. First of all, uh, the job that, that we're doing at BK and BX, at this point, there's no doubt that we are at a skeletal on, on, on what we're doing here. I mean, the amount of people that are working here and the job that they're doing, we can't cut anymore. And uh, that may have been one of the things that was sort of uh, rather attractive to our buyers, saying like, you know, great, we, d we don't have to worry about downsizing. We have these people that are doing this kind of a job. They're doing a great job with the amount of people that they have. So we're not too concerned about uh, downsizing with this merge, but I mean, there's going to be some duplication in certain areas, so there's no doubt about that. But we now are under the umbrella of a much larger company, and we can probably breathe a little easier on being able to do promotionally better things. Uh, and and it's not going to take away anything from London radio, because let's face it, if we ignore our own backyard, we are not going to be a successful radio station. So this is not going to hurt us anyway, in any way, shape, or form, nor is it going to hurt our listeners here in London. So, I mean, I think that's kind of a, a scare that some people are saying, oh, you know, the big guys are going to come in and we're going to sort of lose our identity and all that kind of stuff. That's not going to happen. If we do that kind of thing, then we're going to be the losers on this um, thing. Rick, the, the, the CRTC still has to approve this, does yes. it not? Yeah, they still have to approve this. What, what criteria would they be looking for when they look at that kind of an approval? Well, I'm quite sure that, that uh, they want to make sure that the, the company that's coming in here is going to keep this going. I mean, that it's not going to go into receivership, that, you know, that we're not going to, you know, go black. On, and what I mean by black is, is turning, turning off the radio, turning off our transmitters. They want to make sure that uh, this is a successful company that's going to take us over. And, uh, you know, the CRTC is in the business of keeping radio going. So we believe anyway. Um, and that's the stuff that they're going to look at. They're going to look at the books. They're going to look at the people that are coming in and all that kind of stuff. What kind of success they've had in the industry itself. Are they, you know, a legitimate player for keeping this radio station, these radio stations alive. And I think, Rick, it is a big concern for uh, for Londoners now because, as, as I mentioned just a few minutes ago, um, the people down the street, the Blackburn Group, are selling their two London radio stations and, you know, potentially a large chain will, will take that over. Mm -hmm. So people do have 
have some concerns, I'm sure, that well, what's going to happen to the local content in, well, uh, in London? Yeah, I, I mean, you can always, I mean, you have to sort of, you know, there's some pathos there. I mean, you have to understand that, like, they're so worried about the, because you hear it every day, the big guy taking over, the big guy taking over. Mm-hmm. Uh, radio is a, a different animal because if we don't, you know, listen to what the listeners have to say, if we don't pay attention to what they want, then why are they going to be listening to us? We, we, uh, we're in the job of trying to bring what we hope is what the, the listener wants on a mass. I mean, you know, not every day. We can't please everybody all the time kind of thing. So if we ignore our own backyard, well, that's, that's just going to ruin the radio station. It's going to take its success away. People aren't going to be listening. I mean, if we're, if we're going to sort of direct, let's say, our attention to what, everything that's going on in Toronto, it's not going to work. This is a London radio station, and we have to pay attention to what's going on in London and the people themselves, and we have to listen to the listeners. Isn't there also perhaps a chance for an opportunity here of exporting? Our local content? Easily. You're, part of a you're right. You're yeah. right. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, so. Telemedia has 28 radio stations. I mean, it would be great to have Jim's show right across the Telemedia network. I mean, this is a fabulous opportunity for everybody. I mean, you guys, you know, it would be great to have calls from North Bay and, and Edmonton. I mean, uh, calling and, and uh, listening to you guys. It's fantastic. I think it's, uh, now, it's quite a possibility. Is the, is the timing coincidental, do you think, uh, that uh, Blackburn would do this now within a week after you guys? Or... You know, that's a darn good question. I mean, it's uh, coincidental. I don't know. It's really tough to say. I mean, um, you know, there, there's no doubt that they saw that we're now going to be three radio stations. It'll be three against three, more or less. Uh, which, what, but uh, maybe they're seeing that our resources now are much larger than what they were. So that they felt that maybe if they want to be competitive, that they need the, to keep those stations uh, in co- competition with us. That they need the resources as well. I don't know. It could be timing as well. I mean, that's not a not a uh, an invalid point. And I think, as a lot of people may know, that uh, the two Blackburn radio stations were for sale. Um, probably just a, a little less than two years ago. So yeah. this isn't a, a total surprise. No, and, and, and again, I mean, I don't know much about what happened the last time, Karen, to be honest with you, what, what happened, why it, why it didn't sell, or whatever might be the scenario there. But um, uh, again, we're getting back to, okay, the BK and BX and our, our sister stations also in Hamilton uh, sold for, uh, for a darn good price. There's no doubt about that. And uh, they're thinking, well, maybe. And, and again, I'm spe- this pure speculation. They're thinking, well, like, you know, this now has become a very good buyer's market. And to protect these two properties and to keep them alive in London, we need better resources. Absolutely. Now, and and do, do we know, I believe that CFPL or, or Blackburn are sort of overseeing the Hawk as well. Right now, do you know what's happening there? Or is it well? Again, I mean, and this is just coming from me. Uh, at this point, it, that's an LMA. So I mean, they've just sort of—they're uh, all under one roof. It's a separate company, totally. So they cannot go out there and, and sell this, sell the hawk because they don't own it. Basically, yeah. uh, that's why it's. But that's not to say it's not for sale. I mean, everything has a price, and I certainly believe that. In all likelihood, uh, with us being two FMs and one AM, uh, they will also be two FMs and one AM. The person that is, or or persons that are interested in those properties, will, in all likelihood, uh, from a business point of view, will grab both the two FMs and the AM. Now, Rick mentioned just a few minutes ago that we have to uh, we have to listen to our listeners, and uh, we d- we want to do that all the time. So I want to let you know that the phone lines are open for your comments questions, uh, anything you have to say about this, 643-1290-643-1290 or star 1290 on the cellular line. And uh, Rick, this certainly is not limited to radio and not limited to the media. It's it's something that is we're, we're seeing all over the place right now. No, it's, it's, it's rampant. There's no doubt about that. I mean, uh, 
today we heard about uh, the fact that some churches are getting together just to more or less, you know, combine their costs and stuff like that. You're, it's 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 going everywhere, and there's no doubt that the word merge is the buzzword, and it'll take us right into the millennium. I mean, uh, people are trying to survive. It's interesting, though, in a way that uh, I, business has sort of changed in the sense that merger, in a way, seems to me like a bit of a retrenchment as opposed to starting a new business or announcing growth in your business or whatever. It almost seems like the kind of thing you'd expect to see during a bad economy, although theoretically we've had a boom economy the last three years. Uh, but it, typically when there's mergers, I, as I say, I see it as sort of a circling of the wagons saying, you know, costs are too high, we've got to cut them, and, and we have to have economies of scale as opposed to the market is growing, we're going to grow our own business. Um, for better or worse. And it's always been with us. I think about churches, and I guess that's what the United Church was originally, you mm -hmm. know, uh, coming together of some churches to save uh, save costs and things at the time. Now, one thing that's quite striking to me is we've had some pretty vivid examples in the last uh, year or so, I guess, of the, the kinds of changes that can happen with CFPL television, for instance, with, uh, with uh, City TV Chum coming in and uh, seeing fairly dramatic changes there. And I'm thinking about the Woodstock uh, FM station as well that mm -hmm. was uh, merged with a Hamilton station, I believe, and their formats changed quite a bit. Yep. Absolutely, and the same thing, too, with the newspaper we were talking just before we yeah. went to air that uh, not too long ago, Blackburn uh, operated the newspaper, the television station, and two of the radio stations, which I think a lot of people might think is kind of a dangerous thing. In a, in a way, this could be the end of an era uh, in that respect, that at one time, that's right, Blackburn was it for media in southern Ontario. It is the end of an era, I think. Let's go to the phones and see what Gord has to say. Good morning, Gord. You're on Talk of the Town. Hi. What's the point of having a CRTC? Rick. Well, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a regulatory body that uh, makes sure that, you know, that uh, we're in compliance with uh, playing the Canadian artists. I mean, it, it, it takes on a role of, of uh, granting licenses uh, and all that kind of... I mean, it, it, it's, it's quite a role, and in, in, you're right. Um, it takes on so many different roles, the CRTC. It's, it's sort of, um, you know, the, sort of the father looking over the children, make sure that everybody's, you know, that the, the squabbling is, you know, is, is at a minimal and that uh, we're doing our jobs and all that kind of stuff. Uh, like I said, we mentioned the 30% CanCon rule, which now is going up to 40% in the new year. Uh, it's the body that's overseeing this to make sure that things don't get out of hand. Uh, it does grant licenses. I mean, if they grant another license in, in, in London, uh, it just wouldn't survive because there's, there's X amount of radio stations and TV stations and newspaper. There's X amount of dollars out there available for advertising, which is what keeps radio alive and TV and, and all that other stuff. If you brought another radio station into this market, it just wouldn't survive. So CRT, they kind of kind of take over control and say, okay, look, we can put a license here or we can you can flip over to FM because we understand the problems you are having on the AM dial. They, they have all different types of jobs, really. Gord, does it concern you at all that uh, radio stations like these two are being um, bought by larger companies? No. doesn't impact you at all? Well, it may impact me, but uh, I think... But it's too bad I couldn't hear the response, uh, so I didn't exactly hear what Rick had to say. Uh, maybe some problem with the phone today, but um, the problem I have is uh, that we don't treat radio like any other marketplace. Um, I, for instance, own my own business, and I, I thank goodness that I don't have a government regulator looking over me. But on the other hand, I, I can see the benefits that radio stations do get by making sure that they don't go out of business, by making sure that they don't have any real competitive marketplace out there for, for them to work too hard. So I can see the point of the CRTC as being that, basically. It's a regular, it regulates a lot of different things, Gord. I mean, it regulates, uh, you know, at one time it 
it really regulated very heavily. It, it, at one time, it told us how long we had to talk, how much uh, news we had to have. Um, all those are pretty silly regulations. Yes, I'd agree, and that's why some of them, a lot of them aren't there anymore. But at the same time, there's kind of a protector of saying, like, you know, you just can't start up a radio station and, and start, you know, uh, doing what you want. Uh, they, they sort of regulate well, how not? many radio stations, because the market's not going to, it, it won't support it. There's only X amount of, uh, you know, businesses out there. There's X amount of dollars out there available yeah, for advertising. That. <laughs> I mean, that's. That's well, but it's it's all population. Even if that's yeah. true, that still would suggest to me the CRTC is not necessary. If a new radio station tried to start and the market wasn't there, it would fail. It doesn't mm -hmm. need mm -hmm. it doesn't need a CRTC to tell it it's going to fail in advance and then force it out of business. I would think. Well, part of it, I guess, it comes back to a question about self-regulation and whether that's a good thing or not for an industry, whether it creates stability or not. And and I guess there's self-regulation regulation that the industry itself. Uh, likes because they set sort of ground rules for everybody to sort of follow just so you're not sort of getting into sharp practices and things. The other part of I guess is the public interest and, and I think that historically a fear has been that because we've got such a huge market right next door to us, uh, ten times ours is the mm -hmm. dominant market in the whole world, that uh, if we didn't have some regulation of Canadian content that basically the show would be run out of New York City. Well, I, I was listening to Howard Stern all day. Maybe that's not a bad thing. I don't know. Well, well, I, guess, I think the problem we have that as being Canadians we don't mind having a little brother but once little brother becomes big brother, I think we might have a huge problem with it. And I think right now what we have in the CRTC is the embodiment of the Canadian ideal of the, the little brother that is a government regulator that's not really too evil, that will sort of tell you a few odd regulations here and there. We'll accept it blindly and not be so bad, you know, and we'll point our finger at the boogeyman as the, the, the big marketplace in the United States as the threat to our sovereignty and all that kind of stuff. But essentially the CRTC is a dictatorship set up for free speech, and, and it basically tells people what to do and what to say and how much to say and stuff like that. And it, it's typical of Canadians to go along like sheep and, and basically obey little brother, and so that's what the CRTC is. Well, it's loosened up, it's loosened up quite a bit. It's loosened up quite a bit to the point where, I mean, uh, we talked about ownership. I mean, uh, an American actually can, can come in here and uh, be part owner of a radio station. I believe it's up to 20 percent, and that's just yeah, about it. Yeah, that's my it. point about it, it being little brother than rather than big brother. They they sort of uh, open the, the 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 flood a bit, but they don't really allow freedom. They just sort of allow you to to go along as necessary because the market uh, demands it, basically. Well, they've given us the we rope. didn't have CRTC, I wonder about a Sarah McLaughlin or a Brian Adams, our, our most successful musicians, Alanis Morissette, they've been successful internationally, but they all got their start in Canada. And, uh, and I, I think part of the other fear is that if there wasn't that sort of incubator market that they wouldn't get up and running. Now some of them obviously no, would. We've got a strong... No, that talent, I think that talent, I mean, the Morissettes and the Brian Adams, they, they, they're going to survive. Mm -hmm. Regardless of whether we, we have our CRTC rule, these yeah, guys are these are very good talents. It's the fringe artists, I think, that uh, we're protecting. Um, uh, it's it's a double-edged sword here. I mean, with the with the CanCon rule, I mean, and this is a stickler in every radio radio station side that is playing music. Is is if we continue to babysit these people, these artists. How are they going to grow? I mean, if it, it, it's 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 yeah. like it's like you know, if you're going to run against the Americans, you know. Hey, we want we want a 20 meter start on this race, if you don't mind, kind of thing. Uh, how are they going to get better? And and again, that that gets back to the regulations of how many radio stations in a market should be allowed. The FCC, which is the governing body in the United States, they basically say to you, okay, so you want to start a radio station, you pay us the license fees, and go get them. Do whatever. You do whatever you want. 
Gord, think that's the way to go. Gord, thank you very much for your, for your call. Some interesting points. We've kind of uh, sidetracked a little bit into the CRTC and the role of the CRTC, but that's okay. We're, uh, we're having fun. The phone lines are open, 643-1290 or star 1290 on the cellular line. We're going to take a quick break here and be back with more of Schlemmer and Metz and uh, possibly Rick Walters as well. Uh, we're talking about uh, big business, little business, uh, what it all means for us. We're back in just a moment. Welcome back. I'm Karen Marie. This is Left, Right, and Center on Talk of the Town, and uh, we've got a special guest in here as well, CJBK BX93 Program Director Rick Walters. And we started this discussion talking about uh, the sale of radio stations. This radio station and our sister station, BX93, were sold to a large chain last week. It was just announced the other day that uh, our competition at uh, the Blackburn Group is selling their two radio stations. This is happening all over, and it's not happening just in radio or just in media. It's happening everywhere. We're going to go right to the phones and say good morning to Ken. Ken, you're on Talk of the Town. Good morning. Hi. I hate to uh, digress still, uh, still further from the original topic. Um, I've got uh, a real problem with the CRTC. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a little older maybe than even most of the people in your panel there. I've watched this... Uh, this body grow out of control you know we're we're talking this morning about its relationship with the radio stations but these people are messing around in all kinds of areas um, which they really shouldn't be involved in uh, tell all kinds of telecommunications we've watched uh, we watched the biggest phone company in this country run roughshod over people for half a century uh, with the uh, uh, with the cooperation of CRTC um, you know, now just finally, uh, these people don't have a foot in the real world, mostly. Although I can't uh, think the last I, time they I blocked see, something. I, see a, I got a, a danger with a, with any any organization that begins the study, which they did a couple of weeks ago on on uh, on uh, regulating the internet. I mean, uh, th these people just don't know what the real world is all about, and they're a very dangerous body. Well, the, the Internet is going to get regulated whether we like it or not. That's inevitable. And I think sort of among the first people who would advocate that would be somebody like a, like a Julian Fantino, where you're running into problems on the Internet with, uh, with it being abused. And inevitably, that's what, what happens. But uh, when I think about the CRT, the CRTC, though, we, we don't seem to hear as much about them as we used to uh, in the sense that I say I can't remember the last time they actually blocked uh, a proposed sale. And we've had all kinds of activity in, in uh, the media area in the last uh, couple of years, buying and selling all over the place. Uh, uh, so from that side of it, it seems to me like they're not really the, the, the big uh, brother that they used to be. Well, yeah, they are They are probably somebody's taken some power from them. Uh, but, I bet you know, the Moroni again, government I scaled them back. The idea that we're not just talking about radio stations here because oh, yeah, that's sure, just a small right. portion of their control. Definitely. Telecommunications, the telephone business has been has been, they should have booted these people out of that area a long, long time ago. But again, we do have, you know, the, the uh, competitors have come in, Sprint and all those guys are, are in the market now. Finally. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> you know, because they just let uh, uh, Big big Blue Brother, uh, or Mother, I should say, uh, just do whatever they wanted with the consumers around here for decades. Oh, you're right. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and it was, uh, th these people had no control over them at all. They just uh, did exactly what they wanted. And believe it or not, they still do in many instances. Uh, Mother Bell uses the CRTC as an excuse for all kinds of things they don't do, uh, when in fact CRTC is backed out of those areas. But Bell will still tell you, well, we can't do this because CRTC won't allow us to. And that's not mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Because your phone, the, the cable company is doing that as well. well. 
Now, do you see any role for regulation in, in the media? No. Um, Should there be any? I don't particularly like American ownership. Um, I think that um, we've got in the persona of our national radio system maybe the best radio system in the world. Uh, we've certainly got some fantastic people, and we've got some fantastic people in local stations here. I would, I would hate to see us absorbed by NBC or, or ABC or people like that. I think but, we, need, we need the identity. In some ways, you have to thank the CRTC for that, actually. Oh, yeah, well, yeah in some ways. But, but I think they should be stripped of a lot of the areas that they're act very active in now because they don't belong there. Okay, so good points. Ken, thanks very much for your call. Thanks. Appreciate it. Bye. I, th I don't think there's anything wrong with regulation, guys. Do you really, with the CRTC, the way they regulate? I mean, they are regulating. They do regulate TV, radio, and, and uh, the phone companies, cable companies, etc. Uh, regulation isn't too bad. You're looking at Bob right now. <laughs> I, I, would, I, would, I would say that the only place that the government has any legitimate role in regulation, particularly in broadcast media, is in the protection of your frequencies. So your private property rights to those frequencies mm -hmm. so that no one else interferes with them within prescribed limits. Mm -hmm. and, and you don't need a CRTC to do that. I don't think a CRTC should be regulating content, should be censoring, should be regulating economics, should be telling you how much money you have to have to get into the business, which I know it does. I've talked to lots of people who like to be in the radio business oh, yeah. and can't even think about entering it because they don't have the capital the CRTC tells them they have to have before they'll even look at them. But, I mean, I think they're looking for a comfort zone there, though. I mean, they don't want these stations to go out of business. But and if you, if you bring in a, somebody that can't afford it, then, then... Well, then let that person lose their money and learn a, learn a lesson. Yeah, but everybody else way. loses. I mean, you've got employees who are going to lose out on this. I mean, you've got the listeners who are going to lose out on this. This station, you know, all of a sudden starts sinking. What are you going to do with it? Well, then you're saying that the job of the CRTC is to keep poorly run radio stations in business. That's what, you're, that's what it well, sounds also like. It provides stability, me. though, in an industry. That, that, that That's the thing, is that I don't believe that it's always the case that ragged, uh, unfettered competition is always good. I think that it can promote a lot of instability and make it difficult for everybody in a marketplace, which isn't to say that you should always regulate every marketplace and, and have a, an oligopoly or something, but there is that role. Um, but, but, you know, when you, even by, for example, take Canadian content. When a government has to tell a radio station that they have to play this amount of Canadian content, what they're actually admitting is that Canadians, given their own free choice, would not listen to that stuff. But is it and free choice means, when you're bombarded by American that, commercials well, all day long saying, buy you know, some American well, artist? If they're paying for it and we're buying it, then they're going to keep doing it. But the point is that by regulating this kind of content, you're actually going counter to the choice of Canadians, and, and you're supposedly doing it in favor of Canadians, when really you're doing the opposite thing. But I think what we're doing is saying to people, look, take the long view, and what do you really want to have? Do you want to have some Canadian content in it, or do you sort of get, get driven by the sort of impetus of the day, you've seen this commercial or that uh, commercial or whatever? I think that if you get people engaged in a debate and say, do you really want to have some Canadian culture that's, that's somewhat protected from this American monster? So you're monster, advocating censorship, say, yeah. Uh, you, no, you, I'm advocating trying to balance man. out an overwhelming media presence no, from, from right, the United States. You can't but balance freedom of speech <laughs> against Canadian content well, rules. I would argue that it's censorship if the Americans dominate the airwaves and all we can hear is American stuff all day long. I would say the Canadian voice is not being heard. There's if, 30 if the million Canadian, of us, but we would not be heard. If Americans dominate Canadian airwaves, it is because Canadians choose to tune in. That's the only thing that can cause that. There is no, no. other possible cause It's the same it. old problem with the United States in television, where they can produce a show and it costs them virtually nothing to air it then in Canada, because they produce it for the American market. For Canadians then to produce a show costs as much as to produce an American show, but they've got a tiny market for it. So it's, it all just the can't more we shouldn't have market controls and I, that Canadians should be exporting their product abroad, which I, I, I think is part of the opportunity being 
allowed here by these mergers is that we can export our own culture beyond But I think that there's a natural a natural tendency on the part of Americans to prefer American culture just as we prefer Canadian culture and I'd have no problem with that. I'd be interested in getting Rick's perspective on how he thinks the uh, the radio industry would be different if there was no regulation. Like, mm-hmm. what's, what's your, what would it look like? <laughs> it would look like probably like the American radio. There's no doubt about that. I mean, I've been to a couple seminars where I talked to one guy and he said like, you know, the CRTC and he says, oh, we, we love the CRTC. Thanks to the CRTC, 70% of your music is American. You know, so, I mean, there's a twist on that. Um, That's it's, interesting. Yeah, with the, uh, without that, uh, I honestly believe that it's shown time and time again that with the 30% rule, the 30% rule has not really done a lot for the Canadian artists when it comes to the point of the listener purchasing the product. I think they only purchase like 5% of the music that they purchase is Canadian. So is the rule working? I really, you know, I really don't think it is working. Uh, I really strongly believe if we take it not entirely away, but decrease it, uh, as it is uh, with a lot of the border radio stations, because they can't compete with, you know, 30 American stations just flooding their market, uh, where it is deregulized to the point where I think it's like 5 or 10% of the, of the music has to be Canadian, uh, then, you know, it, it's this competition that has to create that better product. So if, if they want to get played on Canadian radio, they better get better. And are they better? I, it, it gets to the point where my thinking on this is where a lot of the record companies go, well, 30% of this music is Canadian. Do we have to pour a lot of music, money into production? promotion with this artist no we can put in just a just the right amount to get them played because we know that they're they're one of the top five six seven artists in canada that will get played because they are that fringe product Mm -hmm. so we don't have to spend a lot of money on them you take away the regulation we're going to have to start promoting these people a lot better we're going to have to start spending some money on these artists get them the good producers because we've got great producers here in canada as well i mean you look at foster and all that kind of you know there's a lot of people going south and, and getting produced by david foster all that kind of stuff so it just might, and then, and it also helps them probably start searching, searching for that, that diamond in the rough because they're out there all over the place. So now they're going to have to go out there and actually try to find this talent. So I mean, they can't. They're relying on radio to do all this stuff, where really it, it's not. It, it's, you know, we're the ones that are going to be playing it. They should go out and find it. So without the regulations, I think it, uh, it would, it would be a different sounding radio station. There's no doubt. Let's go to the phones and uh, see what Ivan has to say. Good morning, Ivan. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you for waiting. Yes, I hate communism, and that's all the CRTC is, without a doubt. For instance, why should we have to have any content? If a person's good enough, Celine Dion, Paul Anker, Gordon Lightfoot didn't have to have any content. Oh, yes, he did. Yeah, he wasn't Gord. Uh, well, he would have made it, didn't matter anywhere. It's not because of the Canadian content. You know, that's the problem. How talent will, how will, talent we ever know? will make it anywhere. That's a good point. How will and, we ever know? And this thing that Jeff says, Americans do not uh, prefer, they prefer American content. That's not right. They prefer any talent that is good. And if I want to open up a radio station, I should be able to open one up. No, not the CRT's business, and too bad if I go bankrupt. It's my, I, in, in a free enterprise, you see, many people don't understand. Our greatest asset is freedom, not the health benefits or anything. You can have all the health benefits you want and all the pension plans you want. But if you don't have freedom, you're really in trouble, you know. I, I, so therefore, I should be able to open up a TV station. 
Ivan, do, do you see any role for any kind of regulation in terms of like uh, the language that's used or anything? None. 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 I don't want anybody regulating me. Why? I got enough talent. I don't have to have anybody regulate me. <laughs> no, there's, an, there's an interesting there question. There is anybody qualified to be my boss. How do you like no, that? Now, Jeff, why, why, here's a perfect example. Why would you think that we need a CRTC to keep a guy like Ivan out of the business? <laughs> I can go do anything. I can go out and get it. I'll tell you something. I can walk down the street today and walk into a rest, any restaurant and get a job. I can go up to phone the sizing company and say, hey, look, I'd like to go and knock doors for you. Now, I'll go knock doors. I can, I can do all kinds of things. We need Why would I need anybody to regulate Ivan? We don't need anybody to regulate Ivan. Thanks very much for your call. Have a great day, call. everybody. Just one more. If you can't have a great day, use my formula. You know what that is? What? When you get up in the morning, what I did today, we'll give you a Merry Christmas every day. Sit up in bed, throw the blankets aside, and if you can get your teeth, your toes to wiggle, just go out and have yourself a Merry Christmas. <laughs> Thanks for that, Ivan. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> well, on that note, Anyways. I think we're going to take a short break here. We're going to come right back with more of uh, Schlemmer and Metz, right, left, and center, with our special guest, CJBK Program Director Rick Walters. We're talking regulations, monopolies, CRTC, the radio industry. Uh, give us a call, 643-1290, 643-1290, star 1290 on the cellular phone. We're back in just a sec. Back. I'm Karen Murray. This is Left, Right, and Center with Schlemmer and Metz and our special guest in the studio, Rick Walters, CJBK Program Director. We're talking regulations, monopolies, CRTC, the whole gamut, and we're going to go right to the phones and say hello to Pat, who is on the cellular line. Good morning, Pat. Good morning. Um, what I wanted to ask about the CRTC, like, um, you know, they can regulate the media, as in, like, radio and television. How come they never were regulating newspapers? That's an interesting one. Why did they stop at radio and television? I, I'm, I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not saying the newspaper should be regulated. Mm -hmm. I just wonder why they stopped there. Well, I recall when when I was involved, sort of peripherally in in the newspaper industry back in the early '80s, that. The government was involved in trying to regulate newspapers, but not through the CRTC. They were having, uh, I partook in the Royal Commission on Newspapers, which toured the country, again, I'm thinking about 19, you know, early 80s, anyway, 80, 81. And they were very concerned about the same kinds of issues. Um, you know, concentration of media. The Winnipeg Tribune had just folded, so that was that was the excuse for sending the commission on the road and going around to find out what the status of newspapers around the country was. And they never resolved anything because they couldn't. And there was uh, uh, too much divergence of opinion. They couldn't come up with any solid recommendations, although they did publish a, a report. That is interesting, though, and I hadn't thought about that, that that is sort of a model, I guess, of, to, the, to some extent, what radio or TV might look like if it wasn't regulated, because as far as I know, you can say pretty well anything you want in a newspaper subject to the libel laws. Like, you can, you can have cuss words in the newspaper, you mm -hmm. can't have them on radio. It's up to their discretion, I think. Well, the, the thing here is that the point is, if the newspapers have the a freedom you know, sort of a free media, then, then my opinion, then they're discriminating against radio and television. Yes, they are. I agree. Like if, if, they, if they were to censor the newspapers, then we would not be able to read a Detroit newspaper. The Detroit Free Press come here or whatever, the Detroit paper come here, well, it would be censorship because there's no Canadian content. Yeah, and from the standpoint of news, like, I think you make a very good point that I don't know that there's really any need to, to regulate where we get our news from uh, on radio or TV because we're going to want to try and get some local news in there somewhere anyway. We're going to listen, watch CNN uh, a fair bit of time, whatever, but that uh, you really don't need to force Canadians to, uh, to look at Canadian news. 
what, what I'm personally most concerned about is the CRTC now talking about regulating the Internet. And this is where there's going to be an explosion and in, in, in both the size of the market, even for, I, I would assume, eventually radio stations like this. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree, Rick? Or? Yeah, well, I mean, but the regulation will start with the radio station, obviously. So right. once it gets to the net, I mean, it doesn't really matter, to be Here's honest. Here's a question. Who owns the Internet? I think the U.S. military started it. I don't know if that gives well, them any rights. Well, <laughs> well, the Internet isn't really owned by one person. Everyone who's connected to it Wait. owns their own little piece of it. Here's domain. Here's something to think about. If Dr. Laura went and got an injunction to have her photograph taken off the Internet, she had a, a judge go to go get this injunction. Then if somebody was to post their pictures on the Internet from a website in Canada... But she would, wasn't would successful at that, go, by the way. Would her lawyer have to come to Canada to get the same injunction and 20 other countries in the, in the world to do the same thing? Right now you would, although what will ultimately happen is that they'll come up with international conventions. Mm -hmm. They'll agree on this stuff. Like Germany's got pretty strong regulation of its Internet already, for instance. Thanks very much for that call. You're welcome. Pat, nice to hear from you. Um, Rick, I was interested in what you, ha what you were thinking about uh, what Pat was saying. About the about if we didn't have the CRTC, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it has a good purpose, and 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 on that on the other end, it, it it's not all that good. I mean, for regulations of, uh, I guess uh, the regulation of the CanCon rule, um, it's a double-edged sword here because you're right. I mean, if they bring if they allow as many radio stations into the into the market, then will that make us better? I you know it 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 would certainly force us to be better. There's no doubt about that, but we're, we're hoping that there's enough radio stations in here and the competition is good enough that, like, we're forcing everybody to, you know, to take the radio to the next level. And with this merge, this is going to happen as well because we're now going to have better resources and, and we'll be able to hire better people. Well, we have the greatest people already, by the way. Of course, yeah. So it's, it's the other stations <laughs> that we have to buy. But anyway, so, <laughs> so we hope that at that point with the, with the, with the merge that uh, we'll be able to have better resources and uh, just bring better radio for the people of London. Mm -hmm. You know, it strikes me, whenever I hear the word Canadian content, I, I, it always has this, these political undertones to it. I'd rather wish that the word Canadian content were viewed as a product that we sold abroad and that actually made a difference in the marketplace. I mean, if you sold it deep in southern states or in Europe or wherever else, they're listening to all other different kinds of music, Canadian music will stand out because it has to be different. In Europe, Canadian music is very, it's large, it's it huge. Is. I mean, oh, uh, I mean, there actually are artists that we're not playing that are, are very, very large in Europe. And, I've, and, and time after time I've sat and thought, why is this, why is this, what is the scenario on this one? I mean, How do they just, get, a, get a hold of that music then? You mean just... Artists go, actually artists travel over there uh, a lot. A lot of the Canadian artists travel over there quite a bit, especially the Canadian artists. I mean, they're huge. The, the Anita Parises and, and uh, the Good Brothers are giants over there. Uh, and I'm trying to figure this out, to be honest with you. So I'm David Hasselhoff. He's huge over there, yeah. you're right. Yeah, but so, I mean, it's, it's really hard to figure that one out. Um, and it might be, and, and uh, it might be the fact that they're not listening to as much American stuff over there mm -hmm. in, in Europe as they are the Canadian stuff, or they don't, it's just not accessible to them. I mean, it's hard to say the reasoning why it's so huge in Europe and not here. Mm -hmm. We've got to take another quick break, but we're going to come right back. We're going to talk to uh, Jeremy, who's waiting on the phone lines. If you've got a comment, the numbers are 643-1290, star-1290 on the cellular line. We're back in just a moment. And we're back. I'm Karen Murray with Schlemmer and Metz for Right, Left and Center and Rick Walters, CJBK Program Director. We're talking about regulations, monopolies, CRTC, 
radio stations being bought and sold, um, all kinds of interesting stuff. We're going to go right to the phones and see what Jeremy has to say. Jeremy, you're on Talk of the Town. Yes, I just had a uh, really stupid question for these uh, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking about CRTC and that. How come in Windsor there is no real FM station? You know, London, you have FM 96, 103, you know, the Hawk. Right. In Windsor, there's nothing. Well, they have 89X down there. There's, there's a few FMs down there. No, Chum, they don't. Chum owns uh, four stations right in Windsor. Jeremy, do you mean there's no FM station that has perhaps the kind of programming you yeah, like? Yeah, well, they can't compete with, like, the riff. They have a tough time because they, they do have, have a tough Detroit. time, yeah. but uh, I believe it's uh, CKLW that shows up in Arbitron. I mean, if you show up in Arbitron, you're doing a, a, a half-decent business in Detroit itself. Uh, 89X is uh, doing extremely well in, in, uh, in Detroit as well. So. Check it out. <laughs> never heard of that. I've lived down there for two years. Yeah, it's that. an alternative rock station down there, mm-hmm. owned by Chum. And good station. Okay, oh, it's been there for a while. Yeah. yeah, check it out. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, thanks very much for the okay, call. thank you. All right, bye-bye. I'll, I'll check out that eating in it. Sure. Yeah, and check out BX93, too, if you're on the <laughs> Okay. <laughs> thanks very much. We'll go to uh, Arnold. Hi, Arnold. Hello. Is Arnold there? Quiet. No, it doesn't sound like Arnold is there anymore. Well, maybe we'll uh, reconnect with Arnold. Um but Jeff, you were you were talking a little while ago about uh, regulations and the effects they have on monopolies and whether this whether whether there is a, a cause and effect relationship there. Well, and one of the things that strikes me about this is that uh, my any argument that I would make that monopolies are something you have to deal with are sort of rebutted by what's happened to Blackburn because at one time they were a monopoly, you know, yes. and uh, sort of market forces over the years had other people come in, uh, uh, the, the management they're aged and uh, and. Uh, the, the sort of errors died off one way or another, and, and it sort of worked itself out that now there's not a monopoly, uh, and nobody had to step in and do a thing about it. Uh, Gee, I'm so pleased to hear you say that, Jeff. Yeah, I, it's just, this, this is, is killing me to, have just to realize this. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's not to say that that always happens, and I, I don't, I, I'm interested in what is happening out in New Brunswick, because I know at one time that the uh, Irving family had a virtual monopoly on media out there, and a big part of the concern was that if a media tank, or if a, an Irving tanker had a big oil spill, you know, how would the media... Uh, report that if they're all owned they by the Irvings, and would they mm-hmm. report? And if so, what would they say? I'm also struck by the post where there's sort of arguments going back and forth about whether Conrad Black has got his fingers in the pie or not. Uh, there's a column by um, Oh Dalton Camp, I believe, where he had suggested that they had downplayed this live ent uh, debacle oh, because really? Black was involved in it. Well. Uh, um, Kevin White, the editor, then wrote back saying, no, we broke the story, you know, that we're not afraid of that stuff. But then I, I often see editorials or letters by Conrad Black in there, and I'm thinking, well, maybe that's the, the compromise. He owns the newspaper. You can't blame him for wanting to be involved in it. But on the other hand, it's got to be hard for his management to sort of report totally objectively on what he's up to. Um, and, and that's the big concern, is that if, if he's the only game in town, or if Blackburn's the only game in town, for instance, would they report objectively on their friends and on what they're up to and so on? Uh, but I have to say, in the London market, we don't have a monop- monopoly in media anymore. We Not once anymore. did. Yeah. No. Rick, you've been, you've been through it. You've worked here uh, when there was that monopoly. What, mm-hmm. did, what, what was your uh, impression? Well, uh, yeah, uh, again, it's, it's one of these things, if you're going to survive and, and you're going to go up against the, the monopolies and stuff like that, all you can really do is, is look at the resources that you have, do the best job that you can with the people that you have, and hopefully bring 
that product to the people, the product that they're, they're looking for and they're wanting for, and always deal on a masses basis because you have to deal on masses. You, you know I mean, it's one of these things you can't please everybody all the time, and that's basically what radio is all about. We really can't please everybody all the time when it comes to picking music or subject, whatever it might be. We have to go with what the people are interested in, the masses. That is, that's you don't for really sure. have the luxury of fragmentization in, in the market. Not really, really, no, no, because I mean, you know, the beauty of the the merge here is is at least we can be diversified without eating each other's, you know, uh, taking money out of somebody else's pocket. Uh, we can now bring the uh, the formats that the the listeners, we hope, want and uh, not worry about eating away at somebody else's, you know, taking the money out of their pockets kind of thing. No more cannibalism. No. Let's go back to the phone say hi to Andrew, who's on the cellular line. Hi, Andrew. Hi, how's it going? Good. Good. Um, my question today revolved around the CRTC, and I wanted to ask the guys uh, if they knew if the CRTC regulated whether um, top 40 hits were played or not, uh, not so much Canadian, because I support that, and I think the Canadian music is great, but uh, if you listen to those Detroit stations and, and around Buffalo and stuff, I mean, they play a lot more top 40 music, which includes Canadian content, uh, more so than stations uh, around our area. Okay, this gets really complicated. On FM radio stations, there was at one time a hit-to-non-hit ratio, which meant uh, any song that broke the top 40 was considered a hit. And you had to play at one time on FM radio, uh, oh boy, 51% had to be non-hit and 49% had to be hit. Uh, that's on FM. Now, that has changed. Now, any song that was released in the top, that made the top 40 before... Oh gosh, let me get this right. Anything that made it made it in the top 40 before 1980 is considered a non-hit. Okay. This is absolutely scary, Rick. I, anything, I don't know how you can live with these anything, kind of things. <laughs> anything that made the top 40 from 1980 on is considered is considered a okay. Is okay. Anything from 1980 on is considered a non-hit. Okay. okay, that made the top 40. Anything back of 1980 is considered a hit. And what they're doing is they're trying to uh, let the stations, the oldies radio stations, right. survive on the AM dial because if you played nothing but the oldies on the FM dial, right. well then those formats that are still legitimate on the AM dial okay. are going to be able to survive, like your country radio uh, stations, uh. etc., that are playing maybe an older older uh, type of music. Right. So right. your oldies will survive on the AM side and FM will not take them away. So they're trying to save the AM in a way. Mm. Uh, but the, uh, so the reg regulations have changed dramatically in that area. So now uh, we can play the top 40 all we want really? on FM. Right. But we are also forced to play the CanCon. Oh, okay. So it's not clear. So we should see a change in the future. Is that kind of the way it's going? That we're going to see more of the top 40 stuff? Because I haven't seen it yet. Like I just. Sounds to me like you're going to see more of these kinds of regulations if the CanCon contents are going up to 40%. Right, yeah, exactly. Andrew, we've got to let you go, but okay. thanks very thanks much for the call. We appreciate right. it. We're going to take another quick break and uh, come back in just a sec. You're listening to Talk of the Town on 1290 CJBK. Well, that uh, ends this edition of Talk of the Town. I would like to thank uh, Schlemmer and Metz for being here, and also Rick Walter, CJBK Program Director. Thank you all. Major this is my favorite program, by the way. Left, right, center is my favorite. I it love. is. It really is. <laughs> it really right is. He loves it. It made for a very uh, lively, interesting uh, show. So hopefully Jim Chapman will be feeling better and back here tomorrow. Coming up on the show tomorrow, Getting Away with Murder, the Canadian Criminal Justice System. Uh, we're going to talk to a law professor from the University of Ottawa. Is the Canadian justice system suffering a credibility crisis? And speaking of the justice system and murder, we'll look at the death penalty in the U.S., particularly in the state of Texas. So make sure you join us 9 to noon, Talk of the Town, on 1290 CJBK.